This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. I'm ready. How many episodes are we doing tonight? This is ep- we're doing one episode tonight, but this is episode 79. We have to do 79 episodes tonight? Yeah, that's exactly what I just said. How did you not catch that? It's How do podcasters continually do more and more episodes? It seems like that's just an intense amount of work. You know, you would think, uh, fortunately, we're not, we're not really podcasters. We're doing a podcast, but that's not yes. like... Well, we're, yeah, I can agree with you there. Guess what, Jonathan? This is episode 79 of Unqualified Gamers. That wasn't even a segue. That was a segue. It could have been a... That was not a segue. It... Okay, so... Well, okay, so anything anything is a segue, but that was a bad segue. we, we, We went live with my sentence that this is episode 79, Jonathan, Martin. So prior to the liveness, there's literally nothing... Of reason to, but, but you have to impress me. I mean, not only do you have to impress our live studio audience. Is there a clap button? Hang on. Not only do you have to impress our live studio, you, you need to impress me. And I was not impressed with that at, segue. At what point have I ever tried to or wanted to impress you in any way ever? Well, I'm st- kind of still waiting to be perfectly cool. honest. Well, good. Well, uh, thanks for joining me, Jonathan, and thanks viewer slash listener for joining. Uh, so we took a week off last week because it's summer and we're both really busy. And it's kind of th- something that happens most summers with us. Yeah, but like last summer, I think we podcast three times between June and September, and this year we have only missed one week. So we're doing better. Is that truth? Yeah, no, we literally. I don't think we podcast at all in July or August last year. Wow. It was a ridiculous break. Uh, which you can see by checking our archives at unqualifiedgamers.com. But here we are, so let's talk about things that are happening. What? So your your house is still destroyed, and so I'm guessing you were doing construction last week? Mm, the, so the house is livable in the top floor. I can't remember if the last time we recorded I had moved back in, but I'm officially moved back into my house, which is where I am recording from right now. Um, except my basement is still destroyed, which is where my both of my desktop computers lived. So I am currently on a laptop, um, a $300 laptop, uh, so not the finest computer that you could get, um, but it is good enough to use Steam streaming. So I've actually got my desktop set up downstairs, and I can stream games up here using this crappy $300 laptop, because technology is incredible. Um but anyway, the like we redid the hard the floors on my upstairs, and they're no longer carpet. It's all laminate, kind of hardwood type floor now, and it's awesome. So we're living in the upstairs of the house. The downstairs is uninhabitable. It's basically like living in an apartment again. Oh, so that's that's done. That's cool then. Upgrade, right? It's yeah, yeah. It is super nice to be back home. I can't tell you how true that is. It is super nice to be back home. So that's uh, kind of my current living situation. I Again, I feel so awkward in my current position of recording like at the dinner table with my laptop, but I, I kind of have no choice. 
So Yeah, and so I decided to put my webcam in front of my laptop today so that we can also get an extreme close-up of me so that anyone watching us on YouTube can see our hideous faces even closerly than usual. I shaved today. I shaved... So that was... I mean, that was a thing. That, I shaved so an hour, like an hour ago, an hour and a half I, ago. I feel less awkward because of the, the you know, extreme close-up because fewer, I shaved today. Fewer awkward. You feel fewer awkward. I feel fewer awkward because yeah. I shaved today. And you feel more awkward because you shaved today. More or lesser. It, 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 potato, potato. Yeah, what's your current living situation? Homeless uh, still? I live here. I still have a place. It's fine. A uh, lot of big changes in my life recently. Yeah. I uh, got a job offer, and I'm, I'm, I have a new job that I'm starting in a few weeks. Congratulations. That's good so, news for uh, all of us. Yeah, thanks. Um, it is Particularly it is, you, but it's pretty good news for me, too. Uh, yeah, I think indirectly, yeah, I, um... I like know, to make, I like to make most things about me. Right, and it, it is, really, because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be investing some of my newfound income in, into this, uh, video game podcast conglomerate, uh, extravaganza that we have going on here, so that, you know, we can provide better content, etc., to you, the end user, as it were. That's the plan, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, um, that'll happen, and, um, I... There's a lot of things that are happening in the next couple weeks that I'm very excited about. In Chicago, Lollapalooza is this weekend, for example. I'm not going. I've never gone. But I am going to one Lollapalooza after show. I'm going to see Churches live. Have you heard them? I haven't. They're the ones with the V in the name, right? They are. Your brother saw them live in California. He sees everybody live. I also... I also think that there's a missed opportunity with the naming there and not just calling it Chicago Palooza. Why would you call it Chicago Lollapalooza? So I, Chica- Chicago Palooza rolls far better. So I can't speak to the branding of the music festival that I'm not attending, uh, but that is that is fair. A fair. So you're, uh, you're going to see Chiverches. Ch- yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's I exciting know, for me. I know. I know. There's a woman in it, right? Isn't yes, that their the claim lead, to fame. The leads, yes, their claim to fame. No, they're from Scotland, so they're a bit more obscure. I discovered them on Pandora. Lauren Mayberry, I want to say, is the name of the lead singer. She is beautiful, and I love her. But I guess she just got married. Um, I guess they're actually That's sad for you because I thought this you had planned on making your move at Chicago Palooza. Right. So again, not going to that, Bummer. but going to the after show at the Vic, which is a reasonably well-known concert venue in town. Uh, yeah, I guess actually there was some like movement that arose on the internet to stop sexually harassing her because rock and roll fans were like rape threading her at all of their shows and weird stuff like that. So that's cool, I is guess. She the, is she in the video game industry? Hey yo! I know, right? I found that really bothersome, and it did remind me of video games. Um, yeah, kind of does. Guys are dumb sometimes, so what can you do, I guess? Yeah. That's an <sighs> Sucks. There's actually, actually, right before this, I, did, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I want to briefly mention, uh, you know how we, we subscribe and we comment on the PBS Idea channel? Well, I do. Yeah. Yes. Right. So no, we PB- do as a collective. We do as a collective. PBS also has a, a show called Game Show, Game Slash Show, which is like the Idea channel, but for video games. And they'll do things like, what are the sociological uh, implications of Day Z, which is that like 
MMO FPS zombie game. Right. I guess if that's what you want to call it. Stuff like that. Questions like that. Um, philosophical. And their video this week was uh, something about it was basically here are my favorite female protagonists in games. And it threw out some of like the numbers you always hear. Like, oh, only 4% of main characters in video games were female last year, and blah, blah, blah. And, okay, yes, all of that is accurate. All that's true. There should be more girls. Ubisoft got in kind of some hot water because they could have programmed female characters in Assassin's Creed, the new one, and they didn't or whatever. It doesn't matter. My my issue with the video was, and I, I think my comment got in too late for them to include it in next week's video, because every week they highlight some of the previous week's comments. Right. I think I commented too late, so I want to just say it for the record on this podcast. He uses The Last of Us as an example of uh, how you play as a male character, and there's a pretty strong female character, but you don't play as them, and uh, so blah, blah, blah. He was using that to support his argument of there could be stronger female characters, and that, that made me livid because I think I've gone on record saying on this podcast, The Last of Us is probably the gold standard for strong female characters. Literally every character in a position of power, except for one bad guy cult leader near the end, is female. Every female is strong. Every female doesn't put up with crap from the male characters. None of the females are defined by their relationships to males. And at one point in the game of Last of Us, spoiler alert, you play as Ellie. And she's not a helpless NPC in the game. Uh, the only advantage and reason you play as Joel is because she's a 14-year-old girl. So there are specific situations where you have a height and or strength advantage because science. Because guess what? A 14-year-old girl isn't as strong as a 50-year-old guy ever. The end. So, like, that just made me really mad that they would, like, kind of just throw that in and be like, oh, well, you know, Last of Us had a girl, but blah, blah, blah. No, that's, I'm calling bullshit right now. Last of Us had the best female-written characters of any video game probably in existence. Don't do that. It's stupid. And if any girls are listening to this podcast, like, please go play The Last of Us. If you're into, like, strong female characters or whatever. I swore I had to write it down. So, um, anyway, that was annoying and a slight tangent, but that's my life. Getting passionate about internet videos. That's solid. It's, it's, it's just, I don't, I don't like... Like, our podcast generally is is pretty positive. In fact, we are now part of the Gamers at Large Collective. Uh, Does it go by Gal for short? I, you know, I don't know. G at L. So I don't I don't know how we're supposed to announce this. Um, I think you just did. You, well, you kind of you, you just did. Yeah, you that's kinda true. You kind of just announced it. So it's still kind of formulating, but Jamie Butterworth and Zen Gamer and a uh, lot of other uh, really great YouTubers, Jay Fleming and some other people. I know there's a bunch of names. Those are off the top of my head. Sorry if I uh, missed out some of you guys. You're awesome. Um, but they have all decided we're sick of YouTube video game community drama and crap and complaining and expose videos or whatever. And so we're going to make a kind of a collective of YouTube channels that are very positive and very supportive of the video game industry and just kind of cut the ball crap to try to um, force some change in the gaming industry, which you and I have talked about extensively on this podcast. How Sure, something that we have tried, to, that we want to do, that like we try to do with our voices with our podcast. Yes, exactly. So we we are part of that collective. It's still kind of formulating. So um, we'll, we'll keep you posted on that in the future as to like where you can find us and things like that. Uh, search for Gamers at Large like on Twitter and Facebook, and there are pages being run there. Uh, as well are, as YouTube. 
as as well as YouTube, obviously. Um, that channel is just getting started, so. Um, but that's cool. But the whole idea behind it is like, let's be positive about video game stuff. And what frustrates me is when something overwhelmingly positive happens, right? Like you hear like, we need more girls in games. We need more, you know, female characters. Blah blah blah. And then the game of the year, right, Last of Us. Like, that's definitively the game of 2013. Everyone voted a game of the year. Sure. Uh, then The Last of Us comes and does it. And then they, they hit a home run. And they're like, hey, we did exactly what you want. And no one talks about it. And then it, it's used anecdotally as an example of something that's not great in a YouTube video. And it's just like, wh- what? Well, it's, it sounds like, and I didn't, I didn't actually watch the YouTube video, but it sounds like if you're talking about just the main protagonist of the story like that you, that you control just his uh, maybe his point was just that even though you control Ellie for a small period of time you're the main protagonist is still Joel like if you're pointing to one single protagonist for a game it's Joel and not Ellie and and I did think that initially that is valid other than the fact that Ellie kind of is the main character of the game like just because you so you know the great gatsby is told from the perspective of the narrator but the main character of the great gatsby as we learned in high school is gatsby it's not the it's not the narrator so just because it's told from his perspective he's not the main character he's just a that's, guy that's much more diff, that's much different much more different in my opinion compared to an interactive medium where you take on the control of someone I if disagree, t- and i disagree and that's fine we can I, I, agree. We can agree to disagree, and then we can call me correct like we normally do. I mean, I won't do that. But but to be fair, so if it were like a silent protagonist, I think that's one thing where you're shaping that protagonist's everything. But if it's a scripted protagonist, such as Joel, where Joel and Ellie both have scripts and roles to play specifically, I think I don't think you can argue that Joel is a more central character than Ellie. I think you could say that the main character is their relationship or the two of them, but I don't think anyone who's played the game can argue Joel is clearly the focal point of this game. I think it's really about Ellie. And the DLC issues Joel altogether and focuses specifically on Ellie. So that's that's my food for thought. You should probably actually play the best game that came out last year, maybe. Think you know, I can't, I can't get to my TV downstairs and probably won't be able to for a while. So yeah, you know, well, that's maybe a maybe once excuse. I can actually move in my basement, maybe I will take you up on that offer. Or maybe I'll play Final Fantasy thirteen three, which I also own and would like to play and, you know, have 80-plus hours to play a frustrating game that so you didn't love. It's actually called Lightning Returns Final Fantasy thirteen, just uh-huh. for the record. And... and uh, and and listener, we just posted our fifth episode. So I just I've been migrating our old episodes for about a year now. Uh, episode five of Unqualified Gamers is now on unqualifiedgamers.com. It is our Final Fantasy thirteen two review, which we reference constantly. So now it's finally there for you to go check out if you want. I thought you were going to say something. I had nothing I... to say. I mean, I I try to steer people away from our Final Fantasy thirteen episodes because I think we've pretty much. I think we've pretty much rehashed them at least three or four full times over the course of continuing to do this podcast. But the so at some title... point, at some point, I think they have gleaned all of the information they could about Final Fantasy thirteen and thirteen two three or four times over from us throughout the course of our podcast. But the full name of our podcast is Unqualified Gamers: colon, a podcast about. 
Fabula Nova Crystallis. Isn't that right? I was Isn't... hoping it wasn't. I've always hoped it wasn't that. Oh, all right. Well, fine. So in your new setup, have you had the opportunity to play any video games? Uh, actually, I, I have. Um, I Today I will uh, defer to you, though. You can go first because I may lose some people on mine. So I want to hear what you played first. Is it because you have spoilers? No, it's because I'm going to get a little... I'm going to get a little inside baseball with MOBAs, which I've talked about plenty of times before, but I'm going to compare two of them. Okay. So I have been playing Bravely Default. Okay, we know that. You've been play I swear you've been playing that since like episode 60. Like uh, I... for 7 months I have been playing Bravely Default. Yeah. Roughly. Well, no, I I No, I that's not true. I got it in March or April, didn't I? Cuz I played Pokémon. You promised first. me that you would be done with that game. You didn't actually promise me that. We made we made a verbal agreement that you would be done with that game. So the game doesn't end kind of ever. Okay. I well, that seems kind of silly, don't you think? Not saying that's a bad thing, but I really need you. <laughs> to, I was I was hoping you were gonna say I really need this game to end. I really need you to get like just two more hours into this game to see what happens, and then I can explain in a probably very spoilery way how the game ends, because it's. But- but you haven't ended the game. Well, okay, okay let's okay. say the last so, 20 hours that so I've let's So let's say that I'm probably not going to play this game again, honestly. So let's just talk about it. Because, frankly, I'm not that upset by spoilers. In a, like in a game like this, I, I don't really think that spoilers are a big deal for me. I would tell you if they were. And I'm telling you, you can talk openly and earnestly about in your heart of hearts how you feel about Bravely Default. But, see, that's part of the problem is I didn't think I would mind either, but the game, the storyline, which we've discussed, is somewhat generic. The storyline actually, I think, gets really good after Chapter 4. You're not listening to me. I don't care if it gets good. I'm letting you know it is okay to talk about. It doesn't need to be a surprise to me. I am letting you know that. I'm choosing to ignore your uh I don't words. think you're listening to the words that are coming out of my mouth right now. I mean I if hear you were them. listening to me I'm you would to understand that. that you could talk about it freely. Well, to be fair though, what I need you to remember though is that when once I fully talk about a game on this podcast, I lose all desire to ever play it again. And I don't wish for that to happen with Bravely Default because I'm very invested in it at this point. And just want to write it out. Can, can you at least tell me this thing that happens in two hours of the game that I'm probably not going to go back to? As this seems to be a transcendent moment for this game. No, not really, because I don't understand the full context of it. And I want to make sure that I'm far enough. Okay. I apologize for teasing this so much. Listener, if you're like, just say it, uh, go check you, out J- Jamie Butterworth. You literally, you literally just you spent like three minutes saying absolutely nothing. I know, I know. That go check really, out that's going to play super well, let me tell you. I know. Go check out Jamie Butterworth's YouTube channel or uh, the Game Games, Games Cafe uh, review to the end of it. Like They'll get into it. I will get into it next week. I can almost promise you that. 
I can practically promise you that. So Bravely Default sold a million copies. Way to bury the lead. Did it? It did. Which is, is that pretty a lot? Cool. That's a hell of a lot for for a uh, for kind. Well, not really an obscure, but a new a new IP Japanese role playing game, like released now on a handheld system, sold a million copies. Like that's impressive. I still say the Nintendo, the Nintendo 3DS is the best console out there. I wasn't. It, I guess it's a great. Co- it's a great console. I wasn't necessarily making a comment on the 3DS. I was simply saying that, like, as a new IPO, IP, as a new IP, it sold very well for any console. That would that would be considered a success on a on a home console as well. Would it one million? Absolutely, for a new IP like that that they didn't put a ton of marketing behind. Yeah, most of the marketing from that was kind of just word of mouth. Oh, I guess that's fair. I I did play a game Friday night that I can talk about extensively. Okay. Mega Man X for Super Nintendo. We have at it. Our Spark friend Blake Man- came over and Spark, we... Spark Mandrill's music is pretty much some of the best Mega Man music ever made. It's pretty good. My friend Blake came over and we played through Mega Man X and it was really good and it's a really good game and you should play it. It is awesome. I mean, it's really good. You know, I never really got into X2 or X3, did you? You know, I can't even remember if I played them. I feel like they went up to X6, like six, right? I think X8. I think I played X and X5 and 6. And I think I actually liked all of those. Yeah, I know 4 and 5 were for PlayStation. 6 might have been PlayStation or PlayStation 2. And then I believe 7's when they went 3D and they tried to experiment with 3D. And that was kind of a flop. Um, okay. But, yeah, I, I never got into X2 or X3 on Super Nintendo. I, I thought they were harder, but maybe it's just because I didn't own them, so I didn't play them over and over and over again like I did with X. Sure. Don't really know. Um, but that was a good game to just kind of chill out and play over a weekend evening. It's a great game. I mean, it's, it, I thought it, it's, it felt like it took longer than it should have, like two hours or something, two or three almost. But we were also drinking and eating pizza, so it was kind of distracting. Right. Uh, but Mega Man X is so good. And, like, in the meantime, you know, when I've been getting home from work lately, I look at my Steam library and I look at my, my Wii U and I, the new games I have on that, and I look at all this unplayed stuff I have, and I get overwhelmed, and I end up just playing Bravely Default instead. Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, you know, a lot of times it's Diablo 3. A lot of times it's just because I don't have a ton of time to get into something right now with all, like, the extra work I'm doing. So, you know, when I get home, I have all of the 30 minutes to play something. And it, I just, like, I, I would I would love to continue to play Borderlands 2 because I was having such a good time with that, but I haven't had large chunks of time like I like I had when I was kind of playing that again. Yeah. But I totally, I totally understand what, where you're coming from. Yeah, so it's been um, like I feel like I'm wasting my big screen TV, and uh, but not my receiver because I, I plug in, uh, I have a converter that lets me plug in my 3DS to my receiver. So I play <laughs> surround sound bravely default, which is necessary. Well, one thing I will say: the output levels on the 3DS are really low. Have you ever noticed the, that? Are you using an XL or a regular? Uh, what is an XL? That's the large oh, uh, 3DS. Yeah, 3DS XL. Because I feel like my XL is just fine in terms of sound. Yeah, I've got an XL. Like, it's fine, but if I jack it up all the way, it's not, like, booming in my ear. Mm, I don't think that's what people are 
expecting from their handhelds, though. Right. So, but that's still annoying because I the Bravely Default soundtrack's really like, good. Like, how loud does your phone speaker get when you're doing it loud? My phone speaker gets like I could probably hurt myself loud if I wanted to, but I don't. See, that's the okay. thing. I want the capability to damage my body, but not actually do it. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. Interesting. It's Pinteresting, really. Well, your your double penetration yoga damages your body, and you do that. I do my double penetration yoga. Um, that's all I have to say about video game. It's really it's, I've really just had tunnel vision with Bravely Default, and then of course whenever I load up on ten street passes, I go into my street pass games, play through all those and everything, and then go back to Bravely Default. So uh, I I I think probably at the end of the year. I will do a Street Pass retrospective because we did an episode where I reviewed all the Street Pass download games you can get. Mm-hmm. And I gave my, my kind of mid-game impressions. I played them for a few weeks, gotten some Street Passes, gave you an idea. Um, but, you know, I got my 3DS in December, I think-ish, and I have not exhausted any of those Street Pass games. Like, I, some I haven't even beaten. I think that says a lot about maybe the design of those games. They must be designed pretty darn well. You know what yeah, I mean? Where, I where think, like I think so. it's just such a small pickup and and make it a bit of progress and then come back to it later. Like they must be done well. I don't really have any desire to even take a look at them. Um, but it sounds like they're at least made made well. In terms I of would games. say I would say I am easily getting my money's worth out of them. So, you know, if you're thinking about getting a 3DS and you don't have one, and you're thinking about buying the Street Pass games, and if you're in any kind of urban area where you'll be passing people ever, even if you, like, work at the mall or work at a restaurant and you can just have it in your pocket maybe, Street Passing customers that walk by, I would, like, highly recommend getting the games if if you want just something to kind of constantly be doing, you know, once every week or two or whenever your your street passes fill up with enough with enough me's that you pass right. by. But it's a solid investment. And it's again, seven months later, I there are games I haven't like I, I beat Flower Power or whatever it's called, um, but there's still a ton more to do in it. Uh, I beat uh, the me galaxy game but there's still a ton to do in it i haven't beaten the weird rock paper scissors game that you said sounded horrible and uh i haven't beaten the haunted house game that i think is really fun and one of the most fun games so like i've only beaten half the games and i even beat find me which i think comes with the system maybe does it the the big thing is that you have to kind of be okay with a large gameplay hook being the collection part of it right because that's like the the gameplay really is the collecting of the different people from the different areas of the world and the just the collecting of street passes, right? Well, no, not for uh like the the me ver the space me game whatever it's called that one me force me force is like a like a Galaga or like a vertical shooter kind of a thing. It's 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 a game. It's a game. It's a fun game. It's powered by the collecting. Flower power is all collecting, like you mentioned. Uh, yeah, but in every game, you ha- like you have to collect people as part of the game. Yes, in every to to at least advance in the game. Yes, you have to collect people. But there is right. there is actual 
gameplay involved with the game. It's not like you just collect and then hit okay and then like, oh, you got 10 more points. It's like there are things you do. Right. Just to clarify, but... Um, so I like those. So th- again, that's several months away. It, I don't even know when I'll get around to kind of that follow up. But um, in the meantime, you know, uh, I know some people may be picking up a 3DS for the new Smash Brothers, which obviously I'm very excited about. Uh, so you know, if you're going to pick up a 3DS for that and you want some Street Pass stuff, like go ahead and do it because I'm guessing Smash Brothers will have some very cool Street Pass features as well. So you might as well collect more stuff. That's how I feel about it. Um, I'm done. I mean, really, I don't have a ton to report on. Again, it's summer. There's yep. stuff happening. I'm spending time with people and going You're actually to going concerts. Out, you're and, going outside. Yeah, yeah. Doing DDP yoga, which is going great, by the way. I just finished week seven, and I feel awesome. I highly recommend it. Good. Highly recommend it. I'm more flexible. I feel better. I'm stronger. It's everything. It's amazing. It's really, really good. So, what I saw, about... I saw a picture... To, I saw a picture of DDP, and he looks kind of weird now. I don't know. Maybe he just looks old. He just looks old. I think he just looks old. Yeah. He looks old. Yeah. So what did I do? So over the past two weeks, um, that big, and we've mentioned this we've mentioned this on the, on the podcast before, but the big Dota International occurred. Um, Dota being Defense of the Ancients. I've talked about League of Legends on this podcast plenty of times. Um, Dota was like the original multiplayer online battle arena, and it originally existed in as a world as a Warcraft three mod that was made by this guy named Ice Frog. There's some really weird, deep Dota lore behind even just the creation of this game. But it was made by this guy named Ice Frog, and at the end of Warcraft 3's existence, Dota was was actually played more than the regular game in terms of multiplayer. Um, so, Valve bought Ice Frog. Valve bought Dota, the license, like they bought, they trademarked Dota as a term. There was this crazy legal stuff that happened back when when Valve first did this because. Blizzard tried to argue that it was like their property, even though it was created within their game using their tools by somebody else. And they actually lost that case. Or maybe they won that case. Because Dota stood for Defense of the Ancients. Well, now it no longer stands for that. Now Valve just calls it Dota. So now it's just called Dota without those, without that term meaning anything. Right. Look, none of this matters. The international occurred. <laughs> it was it was the I just find it fascinating. Like it's got a fascinating history. Um but the international occurred, which is the World Dota Championship. Um and it took place in Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Um and it had the largest prize pool of any and we've talked about this. It had the largest prize pool of any video game related event ever. It was over $10 million, um, which uh, is actually more than the, the Masters tournament for golf this year. So it had a larger prize pool than that. And the, the winning team took home over $5 million. Um, I knew nothing about Dota. I know a lot about MOBAs, the genre in general, because I play a lot of League of Legends. But I, I knew nothing about uh, about Dota. So I, I watched it because I was just... I, I'm interested in these games played at their highest level. You know what I mean? 
Like, I just, I like to see what they look like when they're played by the people that are the best at playing the game. So, I watched it, um, and I didn't really understand what was going on, which surprised me, to be honest, because I, I kind of thought that the general principle behind all of these games was the same, that there'd be three lanes, and there'd be towers, and you'd have to knock down the towers, and that would be it. Um, and that is the, the, at the baseline, that's the way the game is played. But all of the nuance within the game is so much different. And I didn't realize just how different it was. I honestly thought these, these games, League of Legends and Dota, were much closer than they are. So I'm watching this, and I, I spent a, a fair amount of time just with any kind of downtime where I couldn't actually play games. Um, but like, I'd be taking care of the boy and watching TV. Instead of watching TV, I'd watch this Dota tournament. And I got to watching it, and I was like, I think I'm going to try this, just to oh, see. Oh, boy. Now there's a bunch of buzz behind it, um, and I'm a little inter- like I'm a little interested in the way kind of that it works. Um, and it's a little less, it's kind of anticlimactic, because I, I, after 10 hours worth of play, I got through the entire tutorial, which they've, they've got a fantastic tutorial. Um, but after, after 10 hours and getting through the, the full tutorial, I realized pretty quickly that it's, it's not my game at all. Um, but it just fascinates me how different the philosophies of the games are where like League's Emphasis, which is the game that I am, I still think maybe like my favorite game ever made. I, it could be, um, League's philosophy is all about the strength of the actual champions themselves. So that like, they've got, you know, 110 champions or whatever they've got in League. And each one it f- feels very, very different. And the emphasis is on the five abilities that each of those champions has for the most part. Um, and how they interact with each other. And then, like, the chess game that goes with creating your team and, like, countering other people's teams, right, with, with the various champions. Um, Dota, by contrast, has... 108 champions but to me they kind of felt very similar and they place a lot of emphasis on items so league has kind of a general item item build you know you always start from scratch at the start of every game of either one of these um and the object of the game is to level up as you're playing the game get a bunch of money and then get a bunch of items league each one of these games has various like um circles of characters so like in 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 league they'll call it a marksman and that's somebody that auto attacks for a lot of damage um and does that from a ranged area but is also very squishy and so they die very easily right so like it's their job to stay in the back and kill from the back in general the item build for all of the different marksmen is gen- is is relatively the same. It's not always the exact same, but like you have six slots for items in each of these games, and at the end of uh, at, the, at the very end of a game in League of Legends, any marksman will probably share about the same four items. Like there'll be four items of commonality between any of the marksmen that are ever picked in the game. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. And that comes from a pool of probably 11 or 12 total items that are viable on a marksman. In contrast, Dota has about 
30 viable items for a marksman class. So the possibilities of like creating an, an, an individual character to um, kind of like depending on the circumstances of the game are completely based on what items you buy. Um, and I personally, like, I totally understand why some people like that because the the amount of kind of counterplay is much greater in in that particular instance. Like, there's way more thought because you can always, like, you can always look for different items to buy in the game. Whereas in League, like, you if you fall behind, like... Y you know what item you're going for. You really don't have a lot of other options for which item you're like the next item you're going to buy. Um, so I understand why people why people play Dota, but all all the characters felt so similar to me that like they didn't feel special. So that's the thing that I love the most about League. I realized as I was kind of getting into this and playing this is that they've just done such a good job of making the characters feel so different and it takes such a different mechanical uh ability to play each of the characters individually that that like you could spend 20 hours playing one character in league and still be getting better at that individual character's mechanics whereas in dota the mechanics aren't that tricky. Like the movement, the way the way people move around, all the move speeds are generally similar. Um, it it's just not that tricky mechanically, but it's more tactical. It, there's a lot more like decision making, I guess you could say, um, with how the 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 flow of the game goes from start to finish. Um, and I'm just a bigger fan of and this. Listener, this is a way to think about this: is if you are just a bigger fan of like, like you being the one to make the plays in the game, like dodging things. You know, in in League of Legends, for instance, they use a lot of skill shots, so things you actually have to aim. And then, if it's something you have to aim, obviously another player can dodge it. There aren't a lot of skill shots in Dota. A lot of things are just targeted abilities. So it's like a when you're when you're using abilities on things, it's more about cooldown management and like how long you have to wait for the ability to come back up again before you can reuse it. So there's not a lot of dodging or or actual mechanical play in Dota, like I was just saying. So if you're the kind of person that likes that that type of play, that likes that mechanical play, then League is 100% the game between these two games. But if you're like more of the... Um, Almost like the strat, like the like a strategy role playing game. I've seen them described as like League is like is like Diablo in terms of it being like an action role playing game, and Dota is like Starcraft in terms of it being a a, a, a kind of pulled back a little further, grand orchestration of a strategy game where there are many more moving pieces. So that's kind of like if you are looking to get into one of these games, like just to, to try it out and see what you may what you may like that's a good way to think about it if you're a star if if you have to pick one of those two games starcraft or or an action role playing game like diablo or torchlight that'll give you some guidance you know if you've got that action role playing game pick league to try to get into um if you've got that strategy role playing game pick dota very interesting do you think that 
one is harder than the other to break into or a just total preference? I think that Dota is Dota is harder because Dota does this really weird thing where they they kept all of this kind of archaic bullshit that existed in the original incarnation of the game, right? So like the original game that was that was made in the Warcraft 3 engine was set up with these three lanes just like all MOBAs now. And there was a shop that you could buy uh, buy items at, but then they they added like a seat there was a secret shop too where they'd sell s- certain items. Well, League did like did away with that because it's it's a kind of it's kind of a clunky mechanic to have to walk to a specific area to like buy certain items but not others and like it it just it, it doesn't it doesn't feel good at all. Dota players are you know argue that that is a tactical part of the game because you have to know when to go when is a good time to go to the secret item shop to buy your secret items that you want to get um i i did not like it at all obviously because i'm used to i'm sure partly because i'm used to the league style where it's you just go back to base to buy your stuff but that's just like one example um another example is like the background is you can interact with it in Dota, which means you can alter it, which means you can then alter it in a way that allows you to to like maybe move differently through the jungle of the game or something. Um, there, there are items called tangos, and it, you eat a tree, and all of the lanes are separated by trees, but you, you eat a tree, you consume it to gain health back, so you can use these tangos to actually open up new paths for yourself. That's, I mean, that's pretty deep in terms of strategy complexity that way. Strategical complexity. Strategery. Um, Strategery, sure. I I could not think of the combination of words I was looking for. Strategery is close. Strategery is perfect. certainly close enough. Um, So, you know, there's uh, there's like, there's there's that kind of ability in the game. Um, So I would, I would say that Dota is probably the harder of the two games to get into. It definitely has the higher uh, cap in terms of of uh, like mastery when it comes to the overall understanding of like the the game as a whole like each individual dota game as a whole definitely harder to wrap your head around that than it is a game of league i would ar- i would definitely argue that league has the higher mechanical comp- complexity especially with like certain characters um and i think league is Dota has a fantastic tutorial system. It really does a good job of of introducing you to the MOBA genre and exactly kind of how they work. Um, and League or and Dota's presentation is like I wish League would implement the things that they do. Did you do you know that you could watch? And I don't know how they they do this witchcraft. It's because it's Valve and they have a billion contrillion dollars. It's not a real number. Um, it should be. You could watch the international within the um, the game. They've got a the game has a um, a spectator mode. You could watch the game with the the commentary on in the game client. All the commentary would be on in real time, 
and it still allowed all of the tooltips for all of the abilities and the items to be moused over. You could control the camera, even though the commentators were also controlling the camera. You could like have your own separate camera control to follow the action that you wanted to follow, and you could still mouse over tooltips to allow you to, to read things and understand what was going on. Wow, okay. Rather, rather than it just being like a broadcast that you just consumed based on that. League doesn't do that. League is just like you watch what they, what they show you. Now, Dota also has the noob stream on Twitch, doesn't it? That was something that they did just for the international, and that was um, that was something that I did watch. It started off much better than it ended. They they kind of they kind of started talking in mostly Dota terms by the end, and it just turned into a regular stream, oh, which, yeah. was kinda, which was kind of disappointing. When I first started watching it, though, it was pretty good. They did a pretty good job of breaking things down. Um, but but regardless, they had they had a presentation that I was so incredibly impressed with. Um, so I like I wish that League would borrow from that. But I got done playing all this Dota, and I played like ten hours of it. Like I said, to get through all of the um, to get through all of the the tutorial stuff. And they all they do another thing that I think is pretty cool, in that the only things that cost real money in Dota are cosmetic items. Whereas in League, you have to pay real money. You don't have to pay. You don't ever have to pay real money for anything except for except for cosmetic stuff in League. But in general, it you have to pay to unlock heroes to use on a permanent basis. And um, that money takes a long time to build up to where you can unlock heroes. So League has kind of hidden that it's not an actual paywall because if you play enough you couldn't technically unlock everything but for the average person they're probably not going to be able to unlock everything without paying some some real money um whereas again in dota everything everything but cosmetic stuff is just unlocked from the get-go which can be a little overwhelming to new players but i like that kind of decision better uh, when you're looking at the way these games are kind of structured I am angry at you for now making me really interested in actually trying one of these MOBAs. I've tried to get you to try them. I mean, they're... They are... They're very good. They're very good. So I have a question. So this modder that um, created Defense of the Ancients in Warcraft 3, did he... Is he then the father of the MOBA? Yeah, he legitimately is. There is some... um, there is some folklore that Ice Frog is possibly not just a single person. Maybe Ice Frog is a group of people. Maybe Ice Frog is an idea. Maybe Ice Frog is in all of us. Right? Yeah, sure. So maybe you're Ice Frog. I don't know. But I, from from what I've heard, like people don't even like Ice Frog's identity is still unknown. He's like um he's like the guy that did Bitcoin. Oh, I didn't know that guy was unknown. Uh, yeah, he just like that guy is just known by a pseudonym of like Sukahashi or something like that or suck. Yeah. Anyway, nobody actually knows who made Bitcoin. Nobody knows who Ice Frog is. But he was hired by Valve, or it was hired by Valve, or she was hired by Valve. So that this person was hired by Valve. Um, oh, so somebody knows who it is. Right. In the creation of Dota Two to help create Dota Two. That is so funny. It's cool, isn't it? It's got this really weird... Like I said, it's got this really weird backstory that's just kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it just... They are dramatically different from from what I thought. Like, I didn't realize just how different they were. 
And we've played Awesome Knots, which is a side-scrolling platforming MOBA. MOBA, it is. Much different than, than these two, League of Legends and Dota. Are there any other big MOBAs? Um, not really. I mean, you're t- like, League of Legends is the most played game in the world. Right. Um, I think, I want to say it's got, like, 20-some, tw- it's like 25 million unique users a day. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Like, it's it's some insane, ungodly number that doesn't make any sense. Um, and I think, I think that that, it, that and Dota pretty much pretty much occupy 100% of the mind share. You know, there's a tiny bit left for things like Awesome Knots. There's one called Guardians of Middle-Earth, which is one based on the Lord of the Rings that is actually supposedly good, but I, I don't think anybody really plays it. There's a, new, a relatively new one out called Smite. Um, Blizzard, <laughs> Blizzard, here's, and here, think about this. Blizzard is getting to the MOBA scene with their own MOBA. Blizzard, who created the game that created the engine that created MOBAs, is now creating their own MOBA using their own engine called Heroes of the Storm, and that's an alpha right now. Um, they are creating a MOBA, but by all accounts, it's a very, it's a much more casual experience and probably isn't going to quite be the same thing that that the, the these MOBAs are the ones that are popular but between I think between League and Dota like those are pretty much the games that you need to check out if you're going to check out a MOBA and to be perfectly honest if you know that you have friends that play MOBAs and they are playing one of these two games that's probably the game you should try because they are they are impenetrable fortresses of games. They have horrent they have horrible communities. I will be the first to admit that their communities are terrible. They're like verbally abusive, um just jerks like it, they're all over the place. Um and so it's really it can be very disheartening because you're not going to be good at the game at all when you first start playing. So it takes an incredible amount of patience and persistence to spend the time to get good at the games. And to be fair, the companies behind these games are working very hard to work on that problem. Like, they have psychologists on staff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, Valve has, you know, Valve has hired economists to, like, help them create their systems and their games. But yeah, they're, they, they definitely take the abuse that their new players get very seriously they don't want that because they want more people playing their games obviously they do um so they they're all enacting systems to try to decrease the amount of that kind of abuse that happens um but just know that if you're going to try to get into one of these games it's going to happen like that you're going to get people that are total jerks it's just going to happen um and you kind of have to, you kind of have to know that going in and say like, you know, I'm gonna have a thick skin against this. Well, thanks for the heads up and warning. Sorry, I was adjusting my. Adjusting no, that's okay. Myself. But they, I, you know what, it, you know what it ended up doing is it just made me play a lot more league again. Like I totally fell back down that rabbit hole, and now I'm in that, I'm in that, that period of time where like, if I have, and this is pretty much how my gaming has been, I'll have like 45 minutes to play a game, and if I have 45 minutes to play a game, that's like the perfect amount of time for a game of league. So that's what I do. That seems legit. And then that's it. And it's honestly, it's like the, 
it has been the most enjoyable game for me to play since I started playing it back in August or September of last year, whenever I started playing it. And huge news, which is angering a lot of people. Breaking. This breaking news just happened. It didn't. It didn't just happen. Breaking news, listener. World exclusive. Esports were appearing on ESPN2. Infuriating traditional athletic sports. Like, infuriating them. That's right. Dota 2... Dota 2, the international, that's right, was streamed on ESPN 2 and ESPN 3 online. Yeah. And the tweets and Facebook posts from basketball fans and football fans and baseball fans, just out of control. Out of control. People are furious. It was pretty awesome. It's a big win. Like, this is, it's happening. Right? Like, this is it. It is. You know, we always talk, we've always for years talked about like, oh yeah, someday you know maybe video games are, like this is it. Video games are on TV, ESPN. Yeah, the League of Legends World Championship will be starting uh, soon because they're just finishing up their their summer their summer league, which then leads into their their year end championship. And I am I am I am I like this game so much that I would love to go to the world at some point in my life as long as it's still going on um, last year they sold out the Staples Center in California I remember that I watched that they, they sold out the Staples Center which is bananas to me I don't know I'm gonna look, yeah I have no idea how many um, people it holds I'm actually gonna look that up here but point of order I heard that admission was free whatever I mean, you know that they're selling merchandise in there. That the the only people that are going to it are fans, and there's probably so much merchandise in there. Sure, I, I'm sucking economics and profits aside. Uh, I think it should be at least noted that it's not like you know twelve thousand people or whatever each paid a hundred bucks a ticket for this. Like it's just just as a point of order. Sure, it's still a lot yes. of people for being free, even if it's free. But I just you know. It's a relevant point. Yeah, I think... Yeah, that's interesting. I actually didn't know that, but... I, I you know think what? That would we're make unqualified. It even, I, I don't know. I could have made that up. That would make it even more fun for me to go to. Because <laughs> yeah. it would be free. Yeah, and I remember... I, I talked about this uh, last year when we podcast around this time. I watched... Now, I have never played League of Legends or Dota, and um, about a month after the podcast we did where you explained the mechanics of League of Legends, I'm sitting at home one Friday night... I turn on my TV, what's streaming? League of Legends World Championships. I understood-ish what was going on, so I watched it. I set up until like 2 in the morning on a Friday night, and there were like 300,000 people watching the stream, and the Staples Center was sold out. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously there's a lot of interest. Um, and I watched it, and it's a really, really well-put-together production. Yeah, their, their commentators... Uh, at League of Legends are second to none. Like the commentating for the League of Legends World Championship, so it was far superior to the Dota one. I watched the Dota one. My personal opinion, of course, far superior. Like they are, they are the gold standard for how to do commentating on these games. And why is that? What What does it take to be a good commentator on a video? They game? are, they are from the company. So they helped create the game. And I think when they have 
And not, not to mention, they play the game all the time. So you have creators of the game that are incredibly passionate about the game and the most knowledgeable about the game. And I think that that's probably why. Just like your, your favorite wrestling commentators were probably at one point in their careers wrestlers. Is that fair? Not necessarily. That's a little different. That's a little different. I suppose. They're both entertainment. But, but, but I will say, I will say my favorite wrestling interviewers and commentators and personalities are professionals who have been in the wrestling business for a long time. Sure. If that makes sense. Yes. Who 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 know who understand the world of professional wrestling? Like, like they uh, WWE hired Mike Adamley, the Chicago sports TV broadcaster. They hired Mike Adamley to do a stint in WWE, and he clearly wasn't a fan. He botched like wrestlers' names, and right. it was embarrassing to watch. He clearly didn't fit in. He just wasn't like it. Just didn't work with him because he's he wasn't a wrestling guy. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, slightly they, different parallel. I mean, that's the answer to your question, though, is that like there are people that there are people that whose I mean there are people whose lives depend on the success of the game, and that's obvious with the passion that they bring to the commentating for the game. Yeah, definitely. Just like your favorites, like my favorite sports commentators when I'm watching like football, um, because I love watching football. So my favorite commentators are the ones that get like genuinely excited when something exciting happens in the game. So basically um, anybody but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? Yes. Who I cannot sure. stand? Yeah, I don't, I don't like them either. Does I also anyone don't like, like them? Does anyone like them? I also don't like Chris Collinsworth all that much. I don't um, know who that is, but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are the worst. Co- like, they make you Troy, want— Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman doesn't get excited about anything, and Joe Buck just seems to look down on everybody. I don't. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, oh, well, you know, he's— He's got to play better. It's like every word out of the, every sentence is like, oh, he's yeah, got to so do the better. Thing, so the, the thing that I like is that they get like, when there are big plays happening, you know, they they do a really good job of of making of making it like, they're very, they're very personal. There's a very like personal touch there and you feel like they're talking directly to you. They're very good. So Yeah, and that um, is what you want. That's why Jim Ross is... Everyone knows Jim Ross, even though you're not right. a wrestling fan. You know, my God, he's broken right. in half. My God, good God Almighty! You know, like everybody knows those calls because he got so into it. He like he loses voice at the end of pay per views. Right. Um. Yeah. So the, I right. get it. I get it. I like when they get excited too. And I think I saw some of that in the LOL championships last year. Yeah, I would say that trying out Dota gave me a better appreciation for just the the genre in general, and they may be some of the most well-crafted games that have ever existed, and they, it's because they have to be, because they're trying to make them sports, but they may be, they may be like the most well-crafted games, the most balanced games that exist. Awesome. Yep. So, um... That was kind of like the one game that I really got the chance to explore. Uh, I played I played a little bit more Borderlands 2. played a little bit more Diablo 3 here and there when I have like 15 minutes to play a game. I'll, I'll go through a rift in Diablo 3, which is still a great experience. And I cannot wait for the new patch, which I'm still waiting for. Um, but yeah, that's been kind of it. I gotcha. Cool. Well, in that case, I... I will close with one. We talked about some meta outside, uh, outside video game stuff. I'm going to talk about a video game reference I saw on TV that I thought was interesting. Okay. 
So I was at a friend uh, talking to her, and Duck Dynasty was on TV. You ever watched okay. that? Nope. You know what it's about? A dynasty of ducks? No, it's about it's about. Well, I actually don't know what it's about either. But it appears to be the guys <laughs> that like invented duck calls or something, and so they're they're millionaires, but they're also kind of stereotypical hillbillies. It's like the Beverly Hillbillies, but in real life, kind of. Yep. Instead of winning the lottery, so they're very like you know like got the big grizzly beards, very like down south kind of whatever, um, but with a lot of money. So, you know, they play a lot of paintball with each other. They go hunting a lot, things like that. Uh, do a lot of manly stuff. Have a lot of like you know traditional gender roles, very conservative stuff like sure. that. But um, but it was funny because uh, there was a paintball match. There, there, there was some bet, you know, stupid TV drama. Between all, all the friends and stuff, and like half were on one team, half were on the other, and uh, you know the dad or somebody, one of the dads or something, is talking to a girl and a guy, probably like 18, 20, 18 to twenty years old or something, about like, all right, here's the strategy, here's the plan, here's the plan, and he starts talking, and the girl's listening, and then the kid goes, "All right, let's do this, Leroy." <laughs> he just runs away. Oh my goodness! I was like, "Are you kidding me?" There is a Leroy Jenkins reference in Duck Dynasty? And I just thought that was, like, the most random, like, bizarre... Yeah, that is. ...place to find that. Some, like, hillbilly running into a paintball tournament yelling Leroy Jenkins. Uh, the internet, it's man. It's pretty awesome. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. If I can find the clip on YouTube, I will post it on our Google Plus page. Uh, but yeah, it's just yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, that's it for this. And that and everything else you can find on unqualifiedgamers.com plus we're on Google Plus. Cody has and- just done a Cody has just taken up a very large uh project and migrated all of our podcasts over. I think there's still a couple left, right? But for the there's most a, part, you got still a handful. Over. Mm, I got like 20 left. But I, by the end of by the end of next week, honestly, I, I should have them done. I just got to remember to do a couple things on the back end here, but they're pretty much all there. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's good. They're good. Uh, be warned, listener, a few of our earlier episodes, I missed some bleeps. Uh, they're not quite PG. They're a little explicit. And by first few, I mean first like maybe 10, 15 episodes. So just listen with caution. Uh, if you're a mother listening to us with your eight-year-old boy, uh, son, which I'm sure is about half our audience, is you are a mother with a small child. Uh, just make sure that the small child yeah, doesn't listen. what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Did I say that right? Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah, but other than the swears, things are you know whatever. And uh, I'm I'm working on more YouTube content. Uh, I have so many ideas, and just I just it's summer, man. You know, when the weather gets a little crappier, I mean, pumping out videos like, like, don't say it. I I didn't have a I didn't have an end to that sentence. I really didn't. Oh, that's good. That's good. It could have been a horrible end. More horrible than usual. Like as horrible as it is a night to have a curse. 